Well, I don't know about you, but how many have been preparing for Christmas, right? Lights, camera, any action? <laughs> yeah, for us, it's, it, it, you know, we were uh, putting up all our lights the other day and we found out we ran out of colored lights. We were like, oh, that's not how we did it last year. And uh, so we quickly run and go buy more lights and find out, oh, we ran out of lights again. So it's like, Preparation is so important, isn't it? I don't know about you, but uh, lights seem to be in short order during this time of year. Everybody's buying lights, and of course, it seems like everybody wants to buy your lights, uh, and you're prepping for that. I don't know about you, I don't know what I prepped more for, the, the Christmas lights or for the rain. Um, you know, got to get ready for all that water that's getting ready to to just inundate us here in Whatcom County. Preparation is important, though, and I want us to, this morning, we are going to take a pause. We've been going through Ecclesiastes and looking at trivial pursuits, and in some circles, there are a lot of Christians that would look at Christmas and say, it, again, is just a trivial, trivial pursuit in pleasure that is just distracting. There are others that say, no, it's very important, uh, akin to taking communion, to keeping our hearts and our minds focused. And so there's those. In fact, in Romans, it tells us, you know, there are those that seem one day better than the others. And there's those that glorify one day and, and say uh, not to glorify that day. And there are those that go back and forth. The Puritans think that celebrating Christmas is, is horrible. And then there are those uh, that say it is the most important day of the year. Um, there's something to be said about Easter and the fact that we have a risen Savior that conquered death. Um, and then you have this year in which we haven't seen, most of us haven't lived in a year like this year. Um, there are those that were born, uh, that are still living right now, that were born in years probably worse than what we're experiencing right now. Um, and we hear stories about years gone by. But I want us to take and stop. And have you ever stopped to peel back the mind of God and think, what must it been like as he prepared to come as a baby, to come to live among sinners and then to die for those sinners that he might again live and bring us life eternal. And I want us to stop and think about it What and to peel back the curtain as our Savior came to prepare for us and for us to learn our own thoughts and to take our thoughts captive during Christmas and to think about what are we doing in preparation for Christmas. And this morning I want us to look at a, a text that most people probably don't think about during Christmas. That would be Philippians chapter 2. Hopefully you're turned there and we're going to pray and then read God's word. And then I want to look back again in chapter 1 as well. So let's pray and ask God to bless our time and help us 
in our thinking as we look towards Christmas. Lord, we ask you simply to bless this time. May we be excited about Christ. May we be excited about your Son, in whom you are well pleased, in whom the fullness of your glory dwells. May we not look at baby Jesus and get stuck in the smallness of a baby, but may we look how high and holy you truly are. That even when you came in your human form, that you are God. May it bless our time. May it give us uh, something to dwell on and to think on as we prepare for this blessed time. And taking thoughts captive and not to be distracted by our current circumstances of worry or maybe anxiety or fear or anger as we deal with life that is before us. But may we be captivated by our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Philippians chapter 2 is a special chapter. I remember late nights studying it with my mom. Uh, It was interesting. She sat and discussed this chapter above all other chapters when discussing marriage, believe it or not, and discussing dating. Um, She didn't like dating, uh, and she didn't say, I don't understand what courtship is all about, but I, I, I want you to know this about God. And she, she taught me this very amazing passage. And we start in verse 5, and we're going to look at verses 5 through 9, uh, and we're going to talk a lot about chapter 2. But listen to these words about our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Paul writes to the Philippian church and, and thereby also the Holy Spirit to us today, says this, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in a human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name. We come to this season in our life, and you think about that last verse. Jesus, right? The reason for the season. We think about Emmanuel, God with us. We think about that in him we have peace. There is no other time in history during the Christmas time, the Christmas holiday that we talk about peace, we talk about love, we talk about joy. Because all of these things are the very essence and nature of God. And we see displayed through the Lord Jesus Christ. We talk about 
Jesus. We talk about the manger. We talk about he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. We talk about the fact that his own did not esteem him very highly. What I want us to do this morning is I want us to think about the calling in which God has called us. If we look at verse 27 of Philippians chapter 1, he says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, the good news of Christ, so that whether I come to see you or am absent or hear, uh, uh, I'm I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of this gospel. The very good news that our peace has come. We can learn a lot about the humanity of Christ. When we talk about Jesus came as a baby, I want us to be prepared to think correctly as we enter into this wonderful time together. And I want you to think about the fact that we learn so much about what God is calling us to be and how to live. It also tells us how to be exalted during a time in which you can be very discouraged. We're living in a time right now when people are struggling. There's debates on all the different deaths that are happening. There's debates about suicide. But I can tell you this, that the majority of people, there is a discouragement and there is people's spirits are low. People started, they're so low. What did people start doing? It's amazing. Even before Halloween, guess what started getting thrown up all around town? Christmas lights. Christmas lights started popping up. There needs to be light. There needs to be great cheer. There's something to be said about verse 5 of Philippians when it says, Have this mind among yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. Have you ever stopped to ask that? What was going through Jesus' mind before he was born? Because he was and is and always has been, right? He is God. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Christ came. He always has been. He is God. I don't know, your verse might talk about have this attitude or have this mindset. A good attitude goes a long way, doesn't it? And have this mind or have this attitude in the original text, it, the Greeks or The Philippian church, when they read this, they would have understood it this way. It means to set one's mind or heart upon something, to dwell on it, to to try to understand it, to be wise, to direct one's mind or thinking on it, to strive to understand something. The, The idea is not to give just a casual thought, But it's a thinking that evolves affection. It's a thinking that deserves a amount of great reason or reasoning. It takes affection and reasoning. And as we go to Christmas, as we prepare for Christmas, I want us to think about what is your mindset? Where is your affection? 
Are you having the same affection and mindset that Christ has? When we have a proper view of the high and holy God in which Jesus came and who he really is, God incarnate or God in flesh, it changes our viewpoints. It changes our sense of entitlement or it changes what we feel we deserve or what Christmas should be like. Maybe you're struggling today because you think, well, I wish Christmas was just like this. I wish I had all my family or I wish my family acted this way or I wish Christmas was, you know, we had the big ham or a a big turkey or I wish we had, you know, I, I wish all my fences had lights on them. That would be fun. You know, it's just, you drive by my house and you could see my whole property was lit up, right? Uh, I was like, I, I could never have enough Christmas lights. I just don't like putting them up. <laughs> I wish they would just magically appear. Don't you wish you could just hire somebody, but it didn't cost you anything? You know, just come put up my lights for free. Uh, I know Jim likes to do it, so uh, no. <laughs> we were talking about that the other day. Just don't ask about the latter incident. <laughs> the truth I want us to see the truth about baby Jesus. And I want it to make you smile. And I don't want it to I don't want you just to think about the, the baby Jesus and the manger scene and get warm fuzzies. I want you to have an attitude or a mindset in which it impacts the very nature of your soul. That it would bring great joy that lasts all year. Here is the key point to this passage that we see on display for us. And in your notes, you'll see the, the key to this is the, the, in the intro is this. The key point to Christmas is Christ's humility. The theology or what we learn about God in this text, it illuminates the humility of Christ. It illuminates that fact that Christ came in his humanity in a very humble way. The incarnation of Christ, when we say incarnation, that's a term that we speak of, that God in the flesh is Christ came to develop a humble people. The whole point of Paul's explaining the explanation of the fine points about Christ's preexistence and him coming in the flesh in this text is to demonstrate the highlights from which the Lord came, the height in which he existed from eternity past, and how low he truly descended. When he came as a baby, the depths to which he humbled himself at birth, life and death. To explain his service and his submission to all things that belong to God. The call of Christmas, when we come to Christmas, we think, what is the, the best thing? Or as we prepare for Christmas, what is the call to Christmas? It's humility. As we 
study this, I want us to look at three things, and it begins with this first point, and that is this. Uh, there we go. It's how we prepare for Christmas with a Christ-like attitude. And that is, as we look at Christ, he had a selfless mind. A selfless mind. How are you going to prepare for Christmas? It begins with a selfless mind. We see in verse 6, Who, though was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. A glory he renounced. Think about it. When it talks about the form of God, the morphe, it's the Greek word that means literally that he had the very nature of God. The NIV actually, in this instance, gives us the uh, a best sense of the translation when it says, being in the very nature of God. He didn't consider that the most important treasure. That's the kind of attitude he had. He sat there and he had a selfless attitude when he came as a baby. Think about this. When he says in John 17, 5, Jesus prays and he talks to God. He says, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. 1 John 1.14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory. The glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. He has had, and it still has, and is the very nature of God. Think about it. What did Moses desire above all things up on the mountain when he received the Ten Commandments? God, I want to see your full glory. And what did God say to him? If you see my full glory, you shall surely die. That's the glory in which we see Christ come. He was selfless. In his mindset. And we're called as we prepare for Christmas. Paul was telling the Philippian church. And, and we're learning here today. That we need to, to prepare for Christmas. We need to have that selfless mindset. Isaiah chapter 6. The prophet says that he saw the Lord sitting on the throne. Lofty and exalted. With the train of his robe filling the temple. Isaiah 6 verse 3 says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. John chapter 12. John quotes this passage in Isaiah and he says in verse 41, These things Isaiah said because he saw His glory and he spoke of Him. Speaking of Jesus. Isaiah was amazed at the vision of the glory of Yahweh. And the same glory of God is the glory of Jesus. That which has come from God. Since the Son of God described from so high a height, how unreasonable that he who has nothing should be lifted with pride. 
As Christ came in a selfish act, so should we let Christmas call us to live selfishly. That's what Christmas is calling us to do, is to live a selfless life. To have that same mindset that Christ did. The other one is to have the sacrificial mindset. Do you think about his rights that he relinquished? Think about how amazing a glorified body, a perfect body, a body without limits, now living in a limited form. Now for us, that's just normal, right? We live in this very limited form. And before you would think, you know, we are used to living a limitless form, how many of us complain about this form and body that we live in? Think about how high Christ was and is and how far he came when he came as a baby, dependent on being fed, dependent on being cleaned, dependent on being warmed with clothes. Think about his sacrificial mindset. We have this amazing glimpse of what God was thinking when he came as our Savior. He humbly accepted the mission of his human incarnation in which he would renounce the glories of heaven for a time to take on the nature of a human being and live with all the restrictions of what it meant to be human. The King James really captures the essence just like the NIV started in verse 5, when in verse 6, when it says that he made himself of no reputation. Think about that. All the rights that he freely set aside. What rights are you willing to be set aside for the glory of God? Here's a lesson here for us. As sad as it is to admit, the the reality is that for many people, the holidays are not a happy time. They are a time of difficulty. They are a time of fighting amongst relatives. Time of great disappointment. Time of discouragement. But think about the fact How would life be if we start with a selfless mindset and a sacrificial mindset? One who sets their rights aside for God's glory. (laughs) I like what it says in Romans 12.10. It says, one whoever had a right to assert his rights and didn't, and yet can regard one another as more important than ourselves and give preference to one another in honor. How do we prepare for Christmas? How about putting preference aside? Sacrifice. Sacrifice goes a long way. It did for Christ, it did for us, that while God demonstrated his love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
The question we need to ask ourselves, if God, if God, Christ Jesus, stooped this far, what depths of humility will you refuse to stoop? Christmas should be our teacher. Christmas is a call to live sacrificially, to teach us to be sacrificial in our life. Christmas also is a call to humility by being selfless, sacrificial, and submissive and serving. This is, there's a great debate going around and it's a big, it's fun to look at some of these arguments, but the submission of the Father and Son, the Son to the Father, the submission of Christ. But we see here this mindset that Christ had when he came as a baby. We sometimes we get so fixated on baby Jesus, but we forget about his submission, his obedience. In verse 8, it says, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Jesus said as he prayed to God in John 5, 30, he says, I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John 6, 38, I have come down from heaven and not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Ultimately to the point of even willing to die. We see a great attitude, a great mindset of submission. The author, think about this, the author of life. Jesus is the word. He is the author. He is God. The author of life humbly submits to death, life and death. The one who is without sin humbly submits to sin's curse of dying on the cross for our sin. The one who has life within himself, the one who gives life to whoever he wishes, humbly releases his grip on his own life in submission to God the Father and in love for whom his Father has given him, us. Here is humility shining like the sun in its full glory and strength. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? Doesn't stop there. There's a great depth, the plumb before the humiliation of the Son of God reaches rock bottom. I mean, think about it. He, he ended up dying the most horrific death known to man. He didn't just come and live in human form. He died the most humiliating death. Even the point of dying on the cross this was the highest of highs gone to the lowest of lows. You think about as we peel back the curtain, what was Jesus thinking? This was his mindset as he comes to earth as a baby. He is the one who is worthy of all honor, of all praise, and he could submit himself to that, to dying, to living a life outside of heaven? Can we continue 
to focus on selfish ambition or empty conceit? Can we continue to fight amongst ourselves? Can we continue to insist on our own rights? Can we withhold forgiveness? Can we do anything less than surrender all of our rights and lay down our lives in sacrificial service of one another? A wise man once asked, how can anyone be arrogant when he stands beside the cross? It's interesting as we see a great example of a servant. A servant is known chiefly by or through his obedience. Think about that. Who are you going to serve? Whoever you submit to is who you're going to serve. Romans 6 tells us, Do you not know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or whether obedience, which leads to righteousness. Isaiah 42, Christ, the heavenly Father, declares, Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my elect in whom my soul delights. Psalm 45, verse 7, And why did the Father find such delight in him? Because he loved righteousness and hated wickedness. John chapter 8, because he could say this, I do always those things that please him, Jesus said to the Father. It's hard to imagine what was going through God's mind Maybe you haven't thought about that. Maybe you haven't thought about the depths in which Christ went to redeem your soul. Maybe you didn't realize the depths of that. Maybe you haven't been confronted with the fact of what Jesus did in order to save your soul and to cleanse you from all of our unrighteousness. Today is a day of salvation. Repent, that means to turn from what we think about life and to put our faith and trust in the work of Christ. Abandon all our good works and to receive all of His good works. His curse for our curse. His death in the place of our death. His righteousness given to become our righteousness. What is stopping you from enjoying that gift that God gave us? A gift of humility. Christ coming. As we prepare for Christmas, do you hear the call of humility? I want us to hear the call of the King next week as we look at Christ the King. Surely we, mere creatures of dust, can surrender our rights for the sake of maintaining and enjoying the unity and the humility and the peace in which God came in human form.
As we prepare for Christmas, think about what A.W. Tozer, uh, uh, an amazing preacher, said this, The secret of of a successful Christian has been that they had a sweet madness for Jesus about them. Do you have a sweet madness for Jesus? The call of Christmas is the call to humility. May it be that we answer that call by the grace of God. Will you answer the call of humility for Christmas? If you do, look at verse 9. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name. Right, Jesus came from the highest of heights to the lowest of lows, but no fear, God highly exalts the humble and the contrite in heart. Through that obedience, God exalted him. To this day, his name has gone throughout all the world. The world still has not received him, but in the end, every knee will bow. If you're, wanting, if you're worried about what's going to happen during Christmas, go to God. Hear the call of humility and let God exalt you with great joy and his precious spirit. Grow you and may his love wrap you and encourage you through his humility. May we find to have the same attitude And may it bring us great joy as he exalts us and gives us great peace in the midst of horrific circumstances. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your high and exalted one, the Lord Jesus Christ, that above all he is glorified. May we hear the call of humility and glorify our Father that is in heaven. May we find it great joy to be obedient. May our love for you be expressed during this time. Not our love for our circumstances, may not the love for our possessions, may not the love of decorations, but may the love that we find in the humility of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. May we find great purpose and great joy in what He has done for us. May we not look at you as just a baby, but may we look to you as our Lord and as our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.